everyone. Welcome back to Life and Sport Podcast. And we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, his name is Josh Thomas. He played for Collingwood Magpies. Massive, massive fan. Been following him since I was a kid. So it's always always a good time when I get a Collingwood guest on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. And how's your morning going so far? Uh, no worries, CJ. Um, yeah, it's going well. Um, yeah, always, always good to get to the, to the weekend. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. And weather in Melbourne starting to, to turn. So, um, yeah, all going well. That's good to hear. Um, so I like to start the episode or episodes with a question from the previous guest. So the previous guest was Spider Everett. And his question for the next guest, because obviously they don't know who the next guest is going to be, but I, I gave him a hint that it was an AFL player. And he said, out of the clubs that you didn't play for, which is there's 17 other clubs, which one would you have liked to have played for and why? Probably just say the Brisbane Lions, given I grew up in Brisbane, support them as a kid. Um, yeah. I guess there would have been something, I guess, nice about representing your home hometown um, and playing you know, regularly in front of your you know, family and friends. But um, yeah, I was more absolutely more than happy to uh, have, have a career at, at the Pies and play for a big Melbourne club. So, so certainly wouldn't try it for the world. Now that's fair enough. Uh, but that's good to hear, though, uh, that you are a Brisbane fan. Obviously, you grew up in Brizzy. Does that mean you also followed the NRL growing up, or were you specifically AFL only? Uh, yeah, I was, I was predominantly AFL. Um, obviously, the NRL is, is quite big up there, so you sort of can't yeah. escape it. But, um, yeah, my, my dad was born in Melbourne, um, and so that was sort of the link into the AFL. He's a big um, Bombers supporter, so oh, pretty okay. much. Yeah, I... I was brainwashed pretty early um, into AFL and um, I guess when I was growing up, it it was just starting to become, I guess, more popular in Brisbane. And yeah. the Lions sort of won, obviously, had those three premierships in a row when I was like 10, 11, 12. Yep, um, and very unfortunate for me on the other side of things <laughs> yeah. as a Collingwood fan. Two of, two of those <laughs> against the Pies. But yep. um, yeah, so, and, and now, I mean, it's, 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 Massive in, in Brisbane. Yeah, it um, is. So it, it's really, really grown a lot in the last sort of 10 or 15 years. But um, yeah, so no, not, I, I played one year of um, rugby union at school and, and that, was, that was the end of my uh, rugby career. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And obviously we just mentioned, you know, uh, you grew up in Queensland playing AFL and it was obviously not as big of a sport at the time compared to what it is now. How did like, obviously in the pathways weren't really a thing into the AFL much, you know, back then if you're growing up in Brisbane, but now there obviously is because of the Lions and um, the Gold Coast Suns. How did you find the transition going from, you know, into like the, the AFL system? Cause obviously you wanted, you were with the Suns TAC cup team, um, but you were like, look, I kind of want to get to the AFL sooner. And so you went to the draft. How did that all sort of come about? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a really unique situation, um, sort of as you mentioned, where um, I mean the pathways for for Queensland kids back then. I mean they're probably similar now, but you you used to play a lot of like senior footy for your club because we obviously yep. don't have uh, a strong under 18s like the TSC Cup. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of where you would get a, most of your exposure outside of playing the national carnival. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of had a bit of a unique and somewhat fortunate um, situation where. In my under-18s year, the Gold Coast Suns had a team in the TAC Cup. Oh, wow. Um, and then the next year, they went into the VFL. And then the third year, they went into the AFL. Yep. So, yeah. So, then I guess that year, we, I basically left it in Queensland. Um, it's changed now. But when I left school, you leave at 17. Yeah. Um, you left at 17. So, um, when I finished school, I basically moved to the Gold Coast and a bill, into a billet family, along with, like, 
35 other kids from around Queensland. Yep. And um, basically it was like semi-professional for that year. So like we would train during the day, but most people were either studying and had part-time jobs as well. Oh, okay. That year, um, some there were some contracted players. Um, I think they had four or five contracted um, at that stage mm-hmm. um, that were playing in the team. And so, yeah, and then we, we, we played that year in the TAC Cup, um, which was awesome because you're getting to, um, I guess, benchmark yourself against some of the best under 18 year olds in the country. You're getting great exposure to recruiters. Um, and so, yeah, and then I guess halfway through that year, the, the Suns sort of um, off, well, starting to offer um, more contracts. I don't know yep. exactly, I can't remember exactly how it worked, but they had access to some of the local. Local um, talent sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And so then they offered me a contract and, I guess the trade-off was um, I would have had to spend another year. Well, there was a number of trade-offs, but one being that I would have had to spend the next year in a VFL program yep. as opposed to going the draft. I could go straight into an AFL program. And yep. then I was also like really keen to, to get to Melbourne. And um, I guess having played in the TSC Cup that year, we were traveling down every second week and just seeing like Melbourne and the footy culture down here. and It's massive. Yeah. So massive. So that was a big draw, like coming growing up in Brisbane where, you know, as I mentioned, AFL is a bit of a second fiddle sport to get yep. to Melbourne where, you know, MCG. It is the sport. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So for, for me, that was a huge, huge appeal. Um, it was obviously a tough decision to leave home and um, yep. a bit of a risk going in the draft and I had to sort of get confidence that I was definitely going to be picked up because I would look pretty silly if I had a back the contract which you know (laughs) it was a good contract and like it was it was it was guaranteed and you know um so yeah i guess that was a tough decision as a sort of 17 18 year old but um ended up at um at the pies which is where i wanted to end up and and um, i guess the rest is history yeah that's fair and speaking of the pies obviously um the draft nowadays even to some extent when you were drafted is you know, you maybe get some interest from clubs. They sometimes may tell you, look, we're interested in you. Were A, did Collingwood approach you? And also B, were there other clubs that also approached and said, hey, look, we're maybe interested in drafting you? Yeah, I mean, De- Collingwood definitely were the probably most interested club. I had a, probably a little bit of a, um, I guess, different um, lead into my under 18 year. Like I didn't play in the under 16s nationals, which is a pretty big, um, carnival to get sort of on the radar for recruiters because yeah. I was injured and then in my bottom age 18 year I also got injured so I didn't play in the nationals that year either so I sort of came into my top age under 18 year a little bit maybe off the radar and then mm-hmm. also being from Queensland you're just naturally off the radar a bit more anyway so yep. um, yeah and then I guess with, as I said playing in the TIC Cup was, was helpful and then it all happened pretty quick so um, Collingwood as I said with the most interested but i had probably um five or six other clubs that i was speaking to um through that period i went to draft camp um and did all that process so in the end slid all the way to 75 so there's a few nervous nervous moments there but um i I felt going into the to the draft that i had enough (laughs) guarantees from clubs yeah to to, um that you'd get picked up somewhere yeah, I mean, it got, it got a little bit scary at the end there, but no. It would have, <laughs> it would have definitely, you're like, oh, shit, I don't know, but no, nah, that's, yeah. that's fair enough. Obviously, because, you know, the, after about the first 40, you'd be like, oh, is it even worth tuning in or, you know, listening? But no. Yeah, you, I know, yeah. I had you my family pick- and everything there. So oh. Like, oh, God. <laughs> you're like, oh, God, if I'm here and I, oh, wow, yeah. I couldn't even imagine those nerves, especially as it got, like, higher up. Um, exactly, yeah. Uh, one of the trade-offs that I read 
I may be wrong, was that obviously you you could have waited for the Gold Coast Suns, but you wouldn't have get got game time maybe even until 2011, 2012, because they weren't in the AFL until then. But you ended up actually not getting a start at Collingwood in the first like first string team until 2013. During those like from 09 to 2013, what was that sort of, um, you know, what were those formative years at Collingwood like for you? Yeah, it's actually quite ironic because part of my decision to go into the draft was to get into the AFL straight away. And then I end up not playing for the first three years. But um, I guess, yeah, so my first year was 2010. And as you well know, Collingwood won the, the premiership that year. Yes, so, we did, yes. Which was an amazing experience in my first year, but, but obviously made playing in the senior team very, very difficult. difficult. Yeah. And back then, I, like, I feel like it's changed now. But when I first started, which is, you know, what's that, 12 years ago, like it was actually less expectation of playing your first year like where it's now it feels like there's like a lot of you've got to be a one-year wonder sort of thing yeah yeah back then it was like if you could like even guys like dane beams and, and still side bottom they only played like nine to 12 games in their first year and that was sort of like oh that, that's a good that's, that's a, a good, good first season yeah and they're like creating the crop sort of you know early draft picks went on to have really really good careers so um whereas now it feels like i don't know first year players seem to get a bit more um, opportunity. There's a bit more willingness, I think, to try play yeah. a bit earlier. But um, and it, it, I, that that's not why I didn't play. That no, um, it's just that the team was stacked. It and was I, stacked I for those few years. We were making grand finals, prelims, etc. Exactly. So that was my first year, and then at the end of that year, in the preseason going into 2011, I got a stress fracture in my foot, and oh. then um, had I can't remember the exact story, but I, I had. Over the course of the next 18 months, I had like three or four surgeries. Oh, geez. I think I played only like six or seven VFL games through that, yep. that two-year period, through 11 and 12. Um, so there was a few shaky moments there where I, I actually thought, yeah, my career was probably over because my foot was just not getting better. And, yeah. Um, and But club stuck by me and um, then basically came, came right sort of halfway or three-quarters of the way through 2012. Played a couple of VFL games at the back end of 2012 and then... Um, went into the 2012 preseason, did all that, and then, yeah, debuted round one 2013. And what was that like, obviously, running out in the black and white for the first time and running out in general as an AFL player for the first time? Yeah, well, it was awesome because, I guess, like for me, like having been through that journey, you know, with the Suns, moving away from home, taking the risk, getting to Collingwood, and then having sort of... That injury of, stuff. Exactly. And, and genuinely thought for you know, a while there that, as I said, that my career was potentially not like going to be over before it started. So mm. um, I guess when I finally, and that pressure builds in your head, like when you've been, um, you know, you've moved away, you've got drafted yeah. um, and you just, you don't play for three years, I guess the, in your head, you know, you have expectation, you see other people playing. Um, and yeah, I guess by the time I, when I got there, it made it sort of that extra, made it extra special so did it also um, feel like a little bit of a relief to have finally done it like got the monkey off your back sort of thing yeah definitely i remember because i didn't even play any nab cup or wow or whatever it's called now so literally yeah. that start of 2013 i played a nab cup game and i was like even just that to actually put on the collingwood jersey even though it's yeah. just in a preseason game run out onto like i think i, I think it was over in subiaco or something back then but like wow well, yeah. um so yeah, that, like even just that was like a relief to be like, oh, I've actually sort of represented the club. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, and and then the first game played North at, at um, Marvel, and yeah, just just 
Awesome. Once you get a taste of playing, you, you want more. Yeah, exactly. Now that's fair enough. This episode is made possible by our main sponsor, Troy Thompson from LJ Hooker Gun Garland. As you may or may not know, Troy played 156 first grade NRL games for the Canberra Raiders, which means he's a team player and he'll help you tackle all of your home buying and selling goals in the Gungahlin area. And obviously, uh, I hate to bring it up because obviously it, was, it is a bit of a tarnished mark on your AFL career, but it'd be wrong of me if I didn't. The Clen Buterol incident, all that sort of stuff during your career, mm. obviously sort of hindered somewhat your career in the AFL and with Collingwood. Can you tell us basically, you tell us exactly your side of things and tell us from basically the man behind the moments of when that was going down? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it was obviously a really challenging period. Um, I guess just sort of starting to to get some uh, consistency in my career. I think I was yeah. 23 at the time, so still still quite young and you know probably dumb, naive, and um, yeah, I guess obviously got caught up in a, a situation where you know obviously did the wrong thing, but then um, you know the punishment was was <laughs> quite excessive. And, it was and, quite severe. I think it, it yeah. could have yeah. But in any, I mean, we, me both, and uh, lucky myself both, I guess, from day one, took responsibility and just copped it on Which the is good. I think, yeah, and I think, I think that's, those are so many lessons for me as a, like, I look back and just think, although, you know, it's super, it's super tough at the time, but like, it, it's just, Give me so many, uh, I guess, lessons for, yeah, it's, for it's life helped, to. Yeah, it's helped mold you into the person you are now, sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. So, so in some ways, I, I wouldn't really change it because, although although it was tough, it, it really I think even gave me a greater appreciation for footy. When I came back, I was a lot more, I guess, focused and um, yeah. And then and then I guess outside of footy, just I don't know, didn't take things for granted. Um, Speaking of which, just, during that two year like break, you mm-hmm. can say, what did you do with yourself? Obviously, you kept fit and, and all that sort of stuff. But what did you do, um, you know, with yourself during that two years? Yeah, I moved back to Brisbane. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, I, I was, I just thought it was the best thing to do as far as like just getting out of Melbourne and yeah. um, going back with family. And I was still really close to my schoolmates. So like, I sort of just viewed it as a bit of an opportunity to be like, well, you know, as much as playing footy is great, there's also plenty of things you can't do. Whereas now I get to be like a normal 23 year old and um, yeah. just go back and like hang out with my friends. It's almost like a bit of a blessing in disguise somewhat. Yeah. And just all the simple things like, um, you know, there's birthdays and stuff that you, I would never go to okay. and events because 21st, whatever that I've missed over the journey. But um, now, um, you know, I just went back to Queensland and sort of just went to uni and just worked part-time and, was driving Ubers, which got a bit of media attention. But, um, I, I didn't honestly, <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. But was it a was yeah. it a good gig being an Uber driver? Yeah, it was. It was when Uber was sort of like relatively new, it was like twenty fifteen. Yep. So um, I don't know. Everyone thought it was funny, but in Brisbane, no one knows. Mm. Well, I'm not. I wasn't very well known anyway. But like, mm. um, I think if I was doing it in Melbourne, it might maybe like <laughs> you run into some Collingwood supporters. Oh, or something, yeah, but, absolutely. But in Brisbane, it was. There's nothing. And then, I don't know, for someone who's 23 at uni, I thought it was, it was pretty pretty easy job. You had, like, flexibility, yeah. all that stuff, paid pretty well. So, um, I don't know, it worked for me. I did it for, like, about 12 months. Um, yep. And then, yeah, just, as you said, kept kept pretty fit through. Like, took took it pretty easy through 2015 just because I, I want to have a bit of a break. And it's, yep. it's too long to try and sustain, like, fitness for, like, two yeah, years straight. Yep. So, just kept, like, general level of fitness. And then 2016... 
we really started to, we had like a, a program set. We had a, uh, a guy helping us with it and um, we had it all structured and set out over the years. Yeah. So we built through the year and um, sort of came back. Um, I think we rejoined the club in like late November, early December. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, obviously, I, I'm sorry to have brought it up, but it, obviously it's part of the career and obviously got to be spoken about. Um, as you said, you don't have any regrets looking back on that now, which is really good to hear. Uh, so let's get into some fun questions. First of all, who is the biggest pest at the club? Um, it's probably been a couple over the journey. Yep. I'd say Ben Crocker comes to mind. He's, yep. He's uh he's obviously not there anymore, but he was he was he was a he was probably one of the funniest guys um that I met through the journey. It was just yeah, just always do he was just like one of those uh bit of like class clown, but like um yeah. everyone loved him and was always always up to something. <laughs> That's awesome. Um Android or Apple? Uh Apple. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, this is going to be a big cop-out answer, but I, I actually don't watch movies. So oh, okay. Like okay, so well, the, what, what's your favourite show then? I don't really watch shows either. I'm, I'm, I Weirdly, I just watch like a lot of YouTube. Like, okay, I, I like who's your favourite YouTuber channel or YouTube YouTuber <sighs> type person? Again, it would, I just like, I watch like interviews and stuff like that. Oh, so yeah, I'm, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. No, that's fair enough. Like that, yeah. No, no, so. that's, that's very interesting. <laughs> um, how do you like your steak cooked? Medium rare. Very nice. What's your beer of choice? Um, stone and wood. Yep. Pacific Ale. Or mm. uh, for non-alks, I'll go Heaps Normal. Yeah, I haven't had Heaps Normal yet. Any good? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah nice. Because I've had, obviously, as many zero alks as I could try. You know, I, I do like the Great Northern Zeros. They're pretty, okay. they're pretty good. But I'll definitely nice. try the Heaps Normal. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Um, maybe just I don't know to fly. I hate flying, yeah. so if I could just cut that yeah. out of my life, yeah, that's get, fair. Get back to Queensland and stuff a bit easier. That'd be good. yeah, that's fair. Um, and obviously we've got to talk about some retirement stuff. So in 2021, you decided to hang up the boots at the end of the season. Uh, what was the deciding factor behind that? Uh, it's a multitude of things. I think I'd always probably see myself not playing for like as in I, I always knew that I wasn't going to be someone who would play like well into my 30s I always had I guess other interests outside of footy and um mm-hmm. yeah just sort of felt like once my heart maybe wasn't 100% in it it was it was best to go and pursue those things so um I guess it was tough year in 21 as you know just with yeah. performance and that probably made it a little bit easier although then we, we bounced back really well this yeah. year but um yeah, I don't know. I just might. I felt like it, I, I was really big on just ending on good terms and on and, and on your sort of decision rather than an injury sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah, I think there's always a tendency for, for people to to go down the path of hanging on an extra year or two or whatever. And you know, there's so much risk around either you get injured or you end up playing in the VFL and then you look back in your career negatively. Where it's like for me, it was always about trying to finish on a positive note in the sense yeah. like I played every game in 21 and. Yeah, and I, I don't have any any bad bad feelings whatsoever. So um, that was really important to me. That's awesome to hear. Um, and obviously this year Collingwood went gangbusters. We literally, well, not we, and Collingwood made the top four. Did you watch mm-hmm. the season much this year? Obviously, being your first year in retirement. 
Yeah, I did. Certainly did towards the end. Yep. I, at the start of the year, I was in the US, so it was a bit hard. I was listening to bits and pieces of games when I could. And then when yep. I came back, we weren't actually going that well when I came back. So I was, I was tuning in. And Had then, we lost like three or four in a row at that point? I think yeah. so, yeah. We, we were, before the yeah. 11 in a row? Yeah, it was before yeah. that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, obviously, we, we caught fire. And, um, and then so, yeah, I started watching. I pretty much watched every, every game yeah, nice. uh, towards, towards the back end, so... Yeah, nice. I, we got on a good run at the start, and then obviously we had a few losses, and then we copped that eleven in a row. And people were mm. obviously, you know, everyone that's not a Collingwood fan would be like, "Oh, it's just a fluke. It's a fluke season. It's Collingwood. It's no, no." It, it, yeah. As Jack Kinnivan would say, "It's light work." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And what was the transition like for you into retirement? Ah, uh, yeah, it was good. Um, well, we were in lockdown when I when I first when oh. I finished up, so that was that was yeah, pretty weird, um, which feels like ages ago. But um, yeah, so I guess we, we were sort of a bit a bit of a weird period, and then you know things started to open up. I was able to get back home to Queensland. I hadn't hadn't been back there for a year, and then um, I got married in February, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And then um, then we went to the US for three months. I, I did a, had an internship lined up over in Boston, so me and my wife went over there for three months. Um, which was awesome as well. Came back in April and then um, sort of got a, my, a job uh, at a firm called Sayers, um, nice. sort of in finance um, here in Melbourne, uh, in sort of June. And so I've been there for four or five months now and really enjoying it. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I think every athlete will say transitioning has, has challenges, but yep. I'm, I'm sort of 12 months post finishing now and it, it's gone really well. And, um, you know, I feel like I've, officially transitioned now yeah. i'm through the process and, and um into the next chapter now that's that's awesome to hear um and speaking of the next chapter what's next for josh thomas um well best become a dad as oh I, as I congrats yeah yeah um my wife's 39 weeks pregnant so oh wow um, I think do you know if it's a boy or girl or you or you're waiting for a surprise uh it's a boy so, oh yeah. maybe we <laughs> might see a father-son duo collingwood in 18 years yeah father-son 2040 so keep an eye out <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so that, that's going to be obviously a big change um but really looking forward to that and then as i said just um getting into that next phase of my career so that's really i'm really focused on that and um yeah i think that's that's really going to keep me busy really yeah awesome season. that's awesome um and obviously I'd like to end the, the episodes now with a question for the next guest from the current guest so um do you have a question for the next guest i do know that they are an afl former player um well just following on from that transition topic i'd be interested for them to maybe just ask them how they found transitioning um from being i think that's one of the most interesting uh more important topics for athletes Mm. um and and probably relevant for me having just done it um and there's a lot of horror stories out there but just be interested to see how they uh found the transition um from being a uh, professional AFL player into into the real world, as they say. Um, it'd be interesting to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that about wraps up the recording and the episode. So thank you very much for joining us. And I hope any Collingwood listeners, when they listen to this, enjoy it and actually get to see a better insight on Josh Thomas rather than just Josh Thomas, the drug cheat, or Josh Thomas, the Uber driver. <laughs> yeah, I hope <laughs> so, so, yeah. 